it's like that I thought was a really good metaphor for mm-hmm. how long people spend in restaurants in a day. Just, you know, I don't know. It's just crazy. I think my big question for the movie was uh, where the dishwashers were. <laughs> like when this is all going down, do you think there's a couple dishwashers in the back that are smoking cigarettes? Like, yeah, I gotta clean this shit up now. <laughs> That's <laughs> a really good question. Here's the thing: if, if you know, everybody's kind of overlooked them. Like they're like, wait, what? If you know how it's gonna, if the how the meal's gonna end, are you really doing dishes though? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I think they, I think they cared about the crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm eating brunch with my people though. The homie Dyke just cooked up a feast and we about to eat it, bro. Fucked around and has to miss the lobster with the protein. Daddy is rolling blow dream. Them boys got down a routine. It's nap town culture. Cooking seven courses. Had to pass the torch and now I'm grabbing second portion. So sit back, relax, grab a drink and a smoke. It's all the brunch on the way and get prepared for the jokes. Whoa. Hi, and welcome to the Harder Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels, and with me, as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. On the ones and twos, the wheels of steel, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, and the last woke dragon. Give it up for Zach Roan. Yes. <laughs> and a very, I, I like I like you guys' energy today, <laughs> whatever it is. And a very special guest with us, uh, Chef Randy Bauman. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, very excited. Wanted to have you on the program for a long time. I somehow ended up uh, as a in a judge spot for one of the cooking competitions you were in at Milk Tooth, and you made my favorite dish that night. Oh shucks! It was I forget what it was, but it was uh, it was Mexican. It was. Uh, do you remember what you made? Uh, it was veal sweetbreads tosta- uh, tostada. The tostada, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the best things I'd eaten. Like that year like it was it was so good like i was i was pulling for you to win i mean i voted for you but well thank you i I like how dyke chooses his own winners like yeah that guy won but let's have this (laughs) this person on the program (laughs) i like that i respect that move that's really brilliant um can you explain this competition to the people that don't have a clue of what this food cooking competition was i'll let randy explain it because she was in yeah okay uh it was called the 86 competition um it was kind of a combination of things um we had to make two dishes we had an hour to do it and we had to answer like food related trivia questions to determine who got to pick what off of a table of ingredients first essentially um so you know you get some advantage there i definitely did answering some trivia questions um are you a food nerd like what you know the trivia i mean it's okay yes and no yeah yeah I mean, there are some things that I get really nerdy about and some things I'm, yeah, I just kind of go about my day and whatever. Right, right, right. You picked some really good blocking. Like you, like, you could tell you had a good, like, strategy to it because, like, there were some things where you could, if you picked it, no one else could also use it out of their pantry, too. So I feel like there was some really good strategic moves that were made. Oh, yeah, definitely. I went straight for, well, I did a pasta dish, and then I also did the veal sweetbread dish. Um and uh, with the pasta dish, I went right for the only pasta that I saw in the parm. Because, I mean, you mm. can do, I mean, anything with yeah. pasta and parm. So and when we're talking veal, we're talking young calf, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure that was the right. Yeah, for sure. Um, the sweetbread, I can't remember which gland it is exactly, but it's a gland. And I was really surprised that we were given that to cook in that short amount of time. But I did it. And it was cool. It was fun. It was hard, it was, honestly. It was a... Uh, 
I, th- I thought it was a very smart presentation. Uh, it tasted the best. I mean, sometimes it's something so simple, like, you know, all the judging criteria of looks and, and technique and, and all that. And then sometimes it's just like the flavor was on point. And I, I'm really, I really love the food scene in Indianapolis. I love um, the cooking competitions and, and the, the fun stuff. And, and not just the competition part, but like the bringing of people together. Like the fact that there was so much interest mm-hmm. in like watching chefs, you know, perform on that, uh, on that level is really cool. We do a thing. Uh, that we're going to do next month, uh, and it's called the Meat Cake Invitational. Yeah, baby. And we basically make uh, wedding cake-sized cakes out of meat, and the only criteria is it has to be like 95% meat, and there has to be enough samples for whoever you know buys tickets or whatever. Sure. So this is our third year. So we started the first year uh, in 2020. We did, It was just kind of, kind of just like a bet between me and Zach. No, it was and a bet between you and Bridget. And me and Bridget, and then Zach got in and on it. And then I was like, I want in on it. He said, he, you came, go ahead. <laughs> and then, uh, so there was three of us, and I, it was my idea, because I thought I would just execute. I, I, I knew I was going to bowl over Bridget. I wasn't worried about Zach at all. I came in third place out of three. Um, <laughs> the thing is, no one was worried about Zach. Nobody. I, I was very quiet, under the radar. Yeah. I made a crab cake that was like this big. I iced it with a remoulade, and then I did like a seared uh, tenderloin that I iced with uh, horseradish cream cheese, and then I had a, a tartare with uh, hollandaise that I poured over it. That sounds amazing. It was a, a surf and turf. Well, the funny thing is he came in, the presentation was amazing. He came in with this plain crab cake, and it was like bland. Nothing was on it. And so throughout like the day, like he started building it up in front of us. They're like, oh, this is an actual thing. He actually came to play, and then he became our king. Dang. And it was dethroned uh, immediately the next year. Oh no, Casey! Can you can More you scroll down now. and get that full poster? I'm really happy with the the flyer here. Went through a, a couple different variations with our with our flyer guy Ross Schaefer, and man, it looks so pretty. It's, it's really cool. So pretty. Um, but yeah, we have. Uh, I think if you scroll down, there should be like in the post or something. Maybe no, it's in the. Never mind. It's on the Facebook thing. Um, but we have uh, Zach Roan competing. Um, Bridget Haran, myself, Ashley Brooks, uh, uh, Grace, Seibert, uh, uh, um, who else? Chef uh, Stephen Hackney, Michael Gomez, mm-hmm. Ross Katz, mm-hmm. um, some heavy heaters in the in the meat game. Uh, heavy heaters, heavy hitters in the meat game. <laughs> heavy meters, heavy meters, heavy meters. Uh, last year we did it at Almost Famous and we sold out. And so this year we're growing bigger, bigger and better. And uh, it's just fun. It's a fun time. It's a, it's a very like almost kind of WWE kind of atmosphere, you know, yeah. like people get really like, cause I like to take something real silly and get real serious about it. Like yeah. who can build the best meat cake? meat cake. But we had some people come from, we had a uh, guest come out from Ohio last year. Yeah. Like people were just real curious about it. Some people were walking down the street and saw that they were just like, what are they doing in there? Yeah. The meat cake yeah. competition. They're like, all right, we got to come in and check that well, out. Yeah, what is that? Um, so yeah, tickets are on sale right now. If you go to Eventbrite, um, it's going to be February twenty sixth this year. I'm very excited. It's going to be at uh, Tinker House Events. So I feel like we're getting real fancy. Yeah. <laughs> like we're coming on up in the world. It's a Hoosier a Hoosier meat match. It is. <laughs> it's a very Hoosier thing. Um, you couldn't do this in New York. Yeah, I don't think. Or the summertime. It's, or the summertime. 
or meat caking is a winter sport. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or a Seattle. You don't want to do that there. It's a very Hoosier thing. Very Midwest. Very Midwest. <laughs> and there's going to be music. There's going to be uh, booze. There's going to be alcohol. Um, and all kids could join, correct? Yeah, they can't join in the booze. But they they're not the, the legally, they're not allowed to. Well, before we had it in a bar last year, so this was the first time. I forget children exist sometimes. Like, I just kind of... Like, off your radar. Yeah, I, I've always worked in adult spaces. It seems like I've always worked in, like, bars and restaurants and stuff where there's just not a lot. So, like, when I see kids sometimes, like, oh, yeah, little P, I forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a, a, a Harder Brunch babysitter if you just need to bring your kids and drop them off at the playpen. That would... <laughs> is that you? Oh, uh, no. I'm hosting. Okay. I can't do that. I don't have that time. <laughs> Uh yeah, so that's that's very exciting. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Randy, uh, you came on a very special day, and uh, you were a very good sport because uh, not very often do we assign homework, but you hadn't seen the movie yet, the menu, and you've watched it twice in the past week. Yes, I watched it last night and this morning. I think it takes I think it takes two viewings sometimes to get mm. yeah to get I, all of it. I definitely like to watch it twice, usually once without subtitles. Just so I'm, you know, paying attention more to like the cinematography and other things like that, and then mm-hmm. once with subtitles because I also can't hear everything you miss. Little uh, details. Yeah. So that's usually my go-to. So, mo. so obviously, big spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, the menu, uh, you may want to skip ahead to the <laughs> next ten minutes. Uh, but uh, I don't know, Randy. Do you want to give like a synopsis of of the movie? Uh, sure, I can try. Um, so horror movie essentially um Mm -hmm. this couple quote-unquote goes uh buys a really expensive tickets to this restaurant on an island um it's super exclusive and hard to get into um turns out the menu has some crazy plans in store for these people and some gnarly violent kind of psychological shit goes down Mm -hmm. and the Interesting thing, I guess, uh, one of the many interesting things about this movie, too, is that there is a, a full, obviously, menu, as is implied by the name. And so they kind of, they show and describe each course as they go along. And it has a direct, uh, you know, connection to what's happening at, at that time or what they're putting the guests through. And so we tried to um, copy some of those courses, and I was very excited uh, about some of these because they're 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 fun, you know, like mm-hmm. they're kind of fun things to do, and it's a little bit more outside of, of the, what we normally do. I feel like there's a lot more performance today, yeah, than our, than our <laughs> usual brunch. Well, there was so much, you know, there's so much drama that was go that goes on in the movie. I don't think I would have been able to. Um, Kill yourself? Yeah, we'll, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see. See how the rest of the day goes. Uh, no, I, didn't, I don't know if I was going to be able to commit to, like, being as creepy as, as that. that what, what's what's that guy's name? The the main dude? Ralph, the actor? Ralph Fiennes or yeah. Fiennes? Man, he, he killed that role. Like, dude, it was he's great. scary. Yeah. He's, he's Voldemort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That is Voldemort, isn't uh, it? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he, yeah, everyone, I thought everyone was, John Link was on, I feel like he kind of phoned it in a little bit. I liked so? him. Yeah. I liked him a lot. Yeah. I feel like he would play the part. He wasn't being too much. Mm. 
He could have been too much in this role if he yeah. wanted to. Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't a Violet Knight <laughs> Santa yeah, Claus it was, movie. It was no Mario Brothers. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Did you know Will Ferrell was part of producing this? No, I had no idea. Yeah. Apparently, him and Adam McKay work together a lot, I guess. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, so, the menu from the menu, uh, the first the, the first course was uh, called The Island, and that was um, scallops <laughs> served with an entire ecosystem, which in the movie is served on a, uh, on a hot rock, and uh, it has some like the seaweed... <laughs> Let me tell you, the rock was hot. Different I, different flowers from the. There's a picture of it. Different flowers from the island. Um, so we served uh, scallops on a hot rock, and that's when I remembered that you said that you don't eat bivalves. It's, so we made you a special potato scallop. Yeah, scallop potato. It was oh, lovely. that's sweet. Now I feel like we invented vegan scallops. So like, if I ever need to do that for a vegan meal i'm like oh yeah, yeah for real it was definitely great. do that can you imagine charging scallops price for a just call them vegan scallops they're even more expensive because yeah. they're vegan yeah yeah, yeah put yeah. a little truffle salt on there uh <laughs> got them uh and then the uh what do we call it with this movie rambutan 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 yeah um uh, that was the first. That was my first time eating one. It, it is like a funky grape inside. It, it, it's so weird. It, it looks like a little sea urchin on the yeah. outside. Had you had those before? No, but like uh, when I would swim in the Caribbean, I would see things that looked like that. That would that were actually sea urchins. So I, I thought it was a sea urchin it was, uh, that was going to poison us. It was really cool looking as yeah. far as the sea urchin vibe. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It has. It's got the little seed on the inside. It was. It was much better than I expected. For some reason, when I first saw that, I was like, "This is gonna taste weird." Ron Buten, Ross Buten's brother. Oh, let's hit that. Hit that boo button for me. That's not a, a pause. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that, guys. Uh, the second dish was Zach. I did uh, the bread plate with no bread uh, with spite sauces. So I made uh, different sauces for a lot of the, the people that are associated with Harder Brunch. I did a, a peppercorn and uh, truffle aioli, which I called 140th of an egg for Gwen. Um, I did a raspberry chipotle curd uh, for Casey because he's Did allergic. you make that? Yeah, yeah. I made all the sauces. I uh, made a uh, chicken pate and butter spread that I put smoked bacon salt on and... Honor of the the meat king being dethroned this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I also had a uh, the Haitian spaghetti sauce for Thad. Man, and Hi. then I did uh, uh, grilled cheese for Dyke. Yeah, just set this up for people that are still listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone tuned out. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, like for people that are listening that haven't seen the video, there's a scene where he shames these rich assholes. And does not give them bread, which, uh, as you can imagine, a lot of complaining starts happening. Um, but uh, some people are admired or admire uh, this uh, this jump that he does, uh, this art that he puts in front of them, and uh, they're tickled because they want to be, they want to feel like they're the higher class that gets that art. And it's just a, I love that you added that to the menu here. And you are also really wanting bread, I heard. Well. I, I, didn't. I heard you asked as a joke, and then you were like, but really, can we get some bread? 
No, I was I was doing lines from the movie. I was sure. doing lines from the movie. I'm I'm with it, Zach. Oh, I thought so. Yeah, you did a really good job acting. Yeah, like you convinced yourself. Here, I'll say this. This is uh, I think one of my top ten favorite brunches that we've done because I felt like everybody put like you know you guys always put great effort, but it was just like more of a theatrical production today, which was a lot of fun. It it definitely was, and uh, I like. I like challenging uh, myself a little bit more, and I had, very rarely do I have a Friday and Saturday off, so it's just like I got a little bit more time to plan this out and do something fun. And I always get nervous when we have like chefs on. Like if I have comedians on, I don't care. I'm just like they're gonna love it. We have chefs on. I'm always like, uh, we either got to do something like theatrically cool. I feel like, or we just do something like really basic and just try to do it really good. Like we'll just like. Pizza, yeah, <laughs> like totally barbecue. Well, you made fun of me when I said pizza was phoning it in. Yeah, I mean, we never phoned it in. I said to do something like basic, like streamlined. Okay, yeah. all right. We never phoned it in on the show. You never, never phoned it in. That's harder brunch. <laughs> we Except do. on our away shows. Yeah, that's us phoning it in. So we do, we do phone it in. We we go to someone else's restaurant. When we literally call people. <laughs> Would we phone it in in advance? Yeah, we phoned in pizza last week. <laughs> I spotted it in. See? <laughs> uh, I think that's right. The next course was the chicken tacos that's in the movie. It's They're served with um, scissors in them. And it's uh, to represent the chef's boyhood trauma. Um, well, his dad was abusive when he had a stab on the leg. Well, as you do. Uh, and then, uh, for some reason, when I watched the movie, I didn't... I forgot that this was one course. I thought the tacos was one course and the chicken. I don't know why. But... Um, I really liked, uh, that was kind of a collaborative effort between me and uh, Zach. Uh, I liked the fact that Zach used all the different shears and <laughs> yeah. different scissors. It was a nice effect. Yeah, I liked all the scissors in it. Uh, and then we wrote Dark Secrets with edible markers on all the tortillas. Yes. Right. What, um, what was your dark secret then? I, I mean, I think... You know, we could release them later on Instagram <laughs> if people want to really see uh, these dark secrets. Mm, that's a good idea. Um, the next course was called The Mess, uh, which was uh, bone marrow, roasted winter vegetables, and au jus. Um, I don't know, man. Bone marrow is one of my favorite things. It's just like there's not much to it, you know? Like, yeah, it's just tasty. To, yeah, just to be good. And then I, I repurposed... Some of that marrow. For, well, uh, Zach used some of it on his <laughs> grilled cheese that he made. And he didn't use the bread for the side. There's this whole debate <laughs> that we have about what constitutes a grilled cheese. And my thing is like. No, stop, stop. Wait no, a second. We, we need to get a. Uh, before we bias our opinions. I'm not biasing. No. So what? what's the limit of a grilled cheese to you? What okay. makes it too much? I, I've had this discussion in my own head and with people a lot because it's it's important it's hard to define honestly yeah, i think grilled cheese is hard to define i have a grilled cheese on at work right now and it's cheese cornichons and a grapefruit mustard that i made yeah that sounds amazing and it's, it is it's delightful yep um some people would say that that's a melt how do you feel about that statement no wait what was it it's grapefruit mustarda munster cheese and cornichons no that's fine that's, that's two ingredients besides the that cheese. That are not cheese. 
Well, it's a co- condiments don't count. Period. Like uh, condiments are a free pass. What is what's a cornerstone? Is a cornerstone a condiment or is a cornerstone? Right. What is a cornerstone? Is what? It's, it's a pickle. It's a pickle. It's like of an itty bitty baby pickle. That. So what about a grilled cheese with bacon on it? Is that See, a, is that, that a grilled cheese or is that a bacon melt? I draw the line with grilled cheese at protein personally. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I don't think that. A sandwich that ha- I don't think a grilled cheese with meat on it is a grilled cheese. I think that it has become a melt or something else. Can we hit the applause button for that? No, I'm on the board. <laughs> <laughs> you reached for it too. I did almost. You almost got me. So you're saying no bacon? It's I, a, it's- I don't think so. No, for some reason in my mind, a grilled cheese is first of all vegetarian, and it's got just like accoutrement on it. It yes. doesn't have anything that makes. There's nothing on it that's a star. Like, the bacon would be the main thing of the sandwich, right? Mm. If you put it on a grilled cheese. Mm. But it's like, nah, dude. You got to let the cheese well, cause see, I do think the talking. nobody goes and orders a bacon sandwich. Nobody says that. Well, sure. They all say, I'd like a grilled cheese with bacon. And that's where it, like, to me, like, bacon's almost in the condiment category. But, but you put bacon on anything and all, it just tastes like bacon. Yeah. I mean, true. Wow, it's damn. delicious. That's why no nobody orders a. Can I have a cheeseburger with bacon on it? It's a bacon cheeseburger. Yeah, this is. It's not b- a. It's not a bacon sandwich. Whatever bacon comes <laughs> first. Bacon trumps. So, like so, she said, the meat becomes the star. It trumps the cheese. Yes. Does it trump the cheese? Pickle doesn't trump the cheese. Yes. Bacon oh. always trumps cheese. It depends yes. what cheese you're using. Get the fuck out of here. Well, well, so, so no, what? Okay, I, that's a that. Oh, I'm working it. I don't know. Wait, so, wait, so here's what, what I did. Yeah, this is getting interesting. Here's what I did in so front of Dyke. So I made a grilled cheese in front of them, and I put like tomatoes, and then wilted a bunch of spinach, and then I took the grilled cheese and I opened it up. I scraped all the innards into a blender, <laughs> and then blended them, and that was my grilled cheese. So there was no bread or cheese on it. Now, and when, as he was doing that, I said <laughs> to get me to, to prove me wrong. And I would have been a totally on board with this. If you would have put all that shit in the blender and made an aioli out of it and put that on that grilled cheese, that would have been a grilled cheese, my friend. <laughs> Fair enough. With all the flavors of the rainbow. So bacon, you know bacon jam. Well, would would and, bacon jam count? Yeah. Bacon jam walks like... What, what I said was... So, like, so you, you can, can fry it up that, and we throw can it in sugar that. and it stops being a protein because that doesn't make sense to we, me. You okay, can fry that. You can fry the whole sandwich point. in bone marrow. You know what I'm saying? And there's yeah. a protein. It is a protein, but it's still grilled cheese. Yeah. So we're saying that the protein's not a good... Solid protein. That is a not a good... Well, bacon jam solid. To Randy, <laughs> what were you going to say, Randy? No, I'm just... This has just introduced an element to this, to this whole realm that I hadn't thought of before. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm revisiting my... What I thought was a conviction about grilled cheeses. Because bacon <laughs> jam... <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll make you rethink all of you. Well, because bacon jam is bacon. But it's, but it's like a condiment, though. Like... Yeah. If you were to put bacon jam on something, you know that like that's a strong. Yeah, yeah. Flavor. See, that just, that like, just destroys to... all of the arguments against <laughs> bacon being on the grilled cheese. Mm, mm, mm. This is so, tough. I feel like you started out on Dyke's side, um, which doesn't usually happen. No, I, I like am, I like am though. But you're leaning towards but, Zach's side. Well, I'm playing devil's advocate here for the bacon jam because sure. that I don't know. Well. Let's pretend that bacon jam doesn't exist. Let's pretend that bastard died I think he before just he found some kind of weird loophole. Yeah. Let's pretend that's the only scenario. Let's um, pretend Zach doesn't exist and go on with this menu. <laughs> <laughs> he always finds a way. Always finds a way. Uh, the next course um, in this movie is just a really good cheeseburger. 
um, which is fun for me to make. I, I used to own a food, uh, burger food truck. So there was a point where I was um, so tired of making cheeseburgers <laughs> that I never wanted to make one for the rest of my life. But now enough time has passed where I really enjoy making a really good cheeseburger. It was a very good cheeseburger. And the secret Use a little bit of that bone marrow on the cheeseburger. A little bit of that bone marrow. And so then that bone marrow outshine the burger. God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I ask, was that white American you put on it? No. What was it? It was just American cheese. It was just normal American. It was just a craft single. Oh. And then we made, and then, well, and then Sauce Boss Zach made a secret sauce that oh, we put on there too. Secret sauce. Yeah. Secret sauce. Uh, and then, I mean, really the star of the entire day. Was the dessert the big the big uh, closer? Got it. Uh, we brought in a industrial Coke mirror, <laughs> <laughs> table-sized. a table sized mirror uh, for the presentation, and then uh, you're gonna have to set this one up, Zach. So we built a uh, bonfire out of uh, graham crackers, uh, all sorts of like Hershey's chocolate, and a bunch of mar- marshmallows. Uh, then. We had some some sauces on the side. I did a uh, rosemary caramel. I did a matcha whipped cream. There was a blackberry uh, thyme preserves, and then uh, a smoked maple peanut butter. Uh, I doused the the marshmallows in uh, Everclear and lit them on fire. Woo! Threw a graham cracker sand over the top to put it out. It was awesome. I, I think there's there's been two. I think the two biggest things maybe that we've done on the show. Uh, we're both Zach and what like we did a uh, seven deadly sins brunch where we had um, seven chefs and everybody got randomly assigned a deadly sin and you just had to make a course that you know thought best represented that sin and uh, Zach got gluttony and he made this giant like dad dagwood sandwich with like a dowel rod in the middle of it and I mean it was what it was like three like feet Scooby-Doo tall style. oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was like three and a half feet there tall. were like donuts on it and you know Sick. pieces of pizza corn dogs and you know all sorts of crazy stuff Zach you definitely put the present in presentation mm, thank you Thad hit the pause button there for yourself just making the chicken sound no I think <laughs> I think, uh, I think until today it. that was like the that was the that was actually the uh, happy birthday that was not <laughs> it I, I, I think it today that that was the 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 biggest demonstration we had but you know, like lighting lighting it on fire lighting a bonfire of s'mores which and like I like what you said like the fire lit up some of the marshmallows fully. Some of them were just half burnt. Yeah, the variation of like how the fire hit the marshmallow is super yeah. nice for sure. And the melted chocolate. Mm. <sighs> not being sure if it was going to cause a real problem like yeah. in the house. That was my worry. <laughs> hey, you guys were prepared though. You had the fire extinguisher, the oh, sand. That, that thing's expired. I was not emotionally prepared. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, did, I just wanted to look like I was being responsible. Well, I mean, I for safe, insurance. So. Don't you have to pay more in insurance if you do flambe in restaurants like don't they have like a higher oh i don't know but i wouldn't be surprised at all if that were true because i've definitely worked in places where you were they're like we're not allowed to serve anything i feel like that's something that people say just because they don't want to fuck with it yeah that that yeah like i feel like that's not a real thing where yeah i feel like the fire marshal would freak out every time you tell me what they're building a what they're building a hibachi. What? We're not doing that. Yeah, because if you run like a, a, a like a flaming drink on a special or something yeah. like that, you don't have to like go submit a letter to the. So you're telling me there's gonna be fire there every night? No, I don't know. You I, would have to be choosy about who you let do it though, for sure. Yeah. If you had your like 
a flambe like license or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't think they'd need to be certified, but you know, it is not a sir. I'm going to see your flambe license. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a full bottomist. <laughs> Please, no. please boo. Oh, wait, boo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't laugh and then boo. You can't have both, uh, sir. That was a, I was, I was a sad laugh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I heard it. All right. Hey, this is a good place to take. Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Bacteria, fungi, various plants and animals, and at times an entire ecosystem. But I have to beg of you one thing. It's just one. Do not eat. Taste. Savor. Relish. Consider every morsel that you place inside your mouth. Be mindful. Do not eat. Our menu is too precious for us. <laughs> and look around you. Here we are on this island. Accept, accept all of it and forgive. And on that note, food. Welcome back to the Heart of Brunch podcast. Dad, that was a really great intro that you did. Uh, I I was back cooking, so I missed it live the first time. So listening to it here. Oh well, thank you. I got to actually hear a little bit of it recording live, and it was just as amazing as you know on the on the recording. Well, thank you guys. I just wanted to add to the the eeriness and the, the theme, and so uh, this year I'm trying to get more musical. If we haven't spoiled it too much and you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Um, I, I think my one of my biggest takeaways from the movie is one of the things that we've talked about kind of ad nauseum on this program, because we really did basically start this right during the world falling apart. And so we've talked a lot about uh, restaurant burnout and like how the industry, you know, people like, well, like restaurants closing and just like also just people being genuinely <coughs> shittier, you know, sometimes. And just like I, I just burnout, it just happens, and it like the f I watched it a couple times and got different things out of it. But the first time that I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is a movie about this chef just being burnout." You know, like it's I think it's very layered. I think there's a lot of different mm -hmm. stuff to it. But I think on the first watch for me, I just focused in on the like, "Oh yeah, this is somebody who's just done it all and is just fucking done with it." You sure. know, like, and I, it's it's a weird thing because it's like, like for me. Uh, personally, like, I mean, I, you know, went to culinary school. I thought I was going to be a restaurateur the whole rest of my life. And like, I hit this weird place where it was just like, I love food, but then I realized I don't want to run a restaurant, you yeah. know? And it was, it was kind of a tough pill to swallow at the time, but I've fallen so much back in love with food now that I can do it on my own terms mm -hmm. and I don't have to do it in a way that was growing more and more toxic for me, Yeah, you know? Um, but it's also difficult when I have working chefs on too, because it's like, I know we feel that too, but also like, it's like you're, you are in the industry, you know, mm -hmm. like, so I don't know if you, any of that resonated with you. I feel like sometimes. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um, well, when he was talking about his one day off and he watched that crappy movie and it like 
bothered him because it was his one day in months to live. You know, like I feel like everybody that's worked in the service industry knows, specifically kitchens, knows what that feels like, you know, to just be working so much that you don't really have any time to do anything. Um, so, yeah, that definitely hit home for sure. But to see him, like, kind of get excited to, like you said, like, to cook, like, to get excited about cooking something, um, like, with the cheeseburger, it was a lot more simple. Um, that was cool, too, to just realize there is something under there somewhere, you know, like, mm. that you still enjoy about it. Mm-hmm. I think it really spoke out to burnout for the whole restaurant to me watching the second time because like you asked the question like why did everybody fall behind the chef and then kill themselves and then like and I started asking them wrestling with that question well a lot of time I feel like watching the industry there is this lead chef that people will die for that that do put their ass on the line and that are up late hours just because they want to please the chef and it's a whole team working so from the top down and so even there's this like one scene where she this girl feeds uh, this journalist and she's like the journalist like oh this is amazing and the actual restaurant lady worker she starts crying and she's like man if you would have just said this before mm-hmm. and um I, I felt like they were in over their heads just as much as that head chef you want to speak to that yeah absolutely um i definitely also thought when you were when you were just talking about that one day off thing i remember when i was working on the food truck and i was working 16 hour days the hardest I probably ever worked and the least amount of money I've ever made. It was a very rough summer for me. Mm-hmm. And then like, there was like one day where I, I don't even think I had a day off, but I got off early and I remember I got to take a shower and like, I just took a very long shower. It was like a summer day and I put on fresh clothes. I put on like new clothes that I had just bought and I was just, it was the first time I remember feeling clean because a food truck is a burger food truck, right? So it's yeah. just like the greasiest mm. thing you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And so it was like the first time I remember feeling clean all summer. And I walked a few houses down to my friend's house and they threw water balloons at me. Now, this is like a fun prank to do in the summertime under normal circumstances. But it was just like the one time I felt clean. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they threw water bottles at me. And I just, I remember just feeling like I wanted to cry. <laughs> like Aww. I was just like, yeah. I wanted to cry or like yell. And then I was like, I don't want to seem unhinged because it was a water balloon, you know? But I was just like, well, th- this day's ruined. <laughs> yeah. But like that, that, the industry will do that to you though. Like put you in such a, like a fragile, like mental state, uh, you yeah. know? Like it's just, it can be debilitating. And I, I feel like you really have to advocate for your own mental health, your own work-life balance, because no, I mean, like he says in the movie, well, he quotes MLK in the movie, you know, the oppressor is, you know, never going to just give it to you, you know? So in the industry, you gotta, you gotta ask for it, you know, you gotta speak up because it's not going to happen otherwise in this industry for sure. Well, that was one of the things too, like we talked about, you know, we had these long conversations when the world stopped about like, well, now, you know, when things start going up again, like we're going to do everything different, you know, we're going to, we're going to treat people with respect. We're going to reevaluate, you know, how the restaurant industry works. And then I feel like we all just went back to work, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like some of those deep discussions that we thought about having kind of got left on the table. Um, but then again, I don't know, like, I mean, I, I'm kind <laughs> of one foot in that world anymore. where like, I work part time mainly by myself as a pit master and then I work as a bartender on the weekend. So yeah. I've removed myself of as much of the toxic parts of it as I can. Um, I, I think that it's really actually this movie coming out with uh, 
like Noma closing mm. and the reason that Noma is closing, you know? Yeah. Like just that self-awareness of realizing that the way that they're not only like running the business, but employing people is not sustainable because of what it does to the human body and, you know, just the long hours. And like these people in the movie, they lived on this mm -hmm. freaking island in like, you know, slept on cots. And it's like, that I thought was a really good metaphor for mm -hmm. how long people spend in restaurants in a day. Just, you know, I don't know. It's just crazy. I think my but, big question for the movie was uh, where the dishwashers were. <laughs> like when this is all going down, do you think there's a couple dishwashers in the back that are just smoking cigarettes? Like, yeah, I gotta clean this shit up now. Everybody's kind of overlooked them. Like they're like, wait, what? If you know how it's gonna, if the how the meal's gonna end, are you really doing dishes though? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I think they, I think they cared about the craft. Yeah, um, that is true. Um, so we talked about some more bummer parts of the industry. Let's talk about more some more of the fun parts of the industry. Uh, where did you where did you get your start? Um, so I moved to Indy ten years ago. I went to the Chef's Academy before it closed, um, and then right out of culinary school, I started working at the Bagel Deli in Broderbull. I worked there for about three years. I managed it for two. Um, it honestly taught me so many restaurant skills. Speed, like people coming in on a Sunday morning like hungover, wanting a hot ass melty bagel sandwich. Like you got to move. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to be fast there. Um, and I learned how to actually interact with people there. And then um, just kind of bounced around uh, Indianapolis a little bit. Worked at Nicole Taylor's. Um, I worked for Lane Milburn at Pioneer. I feel really lucky to have gotten to work with him. I mean, getting to experience working under a chef that you know comes from san francisco i feel like mm -hmm. that was super valuable and i'm thankful for that um and then i worked at beholder for a minute and now i'm at bluebeard and oh. i do the lunch program and it is super fun yeah the pit the picture i need to come in the the photos that i've seen online look phenomenal thank you it looks like you did put in some really fun dishes i can i can see the love you, you still have the love in you. Yeah. You're not burned out all the way yet. <laughs> not all the way. Honestly, I think part of that comes from being a nine to fiver in the restaurant industry. Like mm. what unicorn is that? You know, yeah. like that's a super lucky position to be in. Um, but I also have uh, an amazing number two who his name is Justin, who like I couldn't do it without him. Like it. So, I mean, you know, having the right help makes all the difference in the world, too. Yeah. And 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 Bluebeard is such a staple of the indianapolis culinary scene that that's also like very big shoes to walk into sure. and to do it justice and um i've heard nothing but good things about you and i've like i said i've had your cooking as part of competitions and so like obviously they're in, in good hands but like uh was there any trepidation when you took the job and like coming into that spot or were you just excited to so honestly i feel like i uh I saw an opening and I took it. It was like post pandemic, not post pandemic, but like post like bulk of a yeah. pandemic when we were all kind of shifting back into normalcy um, as best we could. And uh, we were going to start lunch back up again because at that time we had been running service like 11 to nine, I think. And all of us just worked all day and there was mm -hmm. no division of service. It was the same menu. Yeah. Um, and so when they said that they wanted to start lunch back up, 
um, they were going to appoint these two people to do it, but they needed somebody to train them. And I was like, well, I'll work the morning shift for a few weeks and train them. But I was like, I feel like if I do that, maybe I could make that a long-term thing. And I did. I, it ended up being a really good fit for me to be in the morning with these guys. And we have a really cool program. Honestly, I'm really excited about our, our brunch that we have going. Um, we have our same lunch menu all week long, but then just on Saturdays, we, two, we do two brunch specials. And it's really fun. It is a lot of work, honestly. Yeah. It's like a, a weekly exercise like to come up with two new dishes every Saturday. Um, so, But it's fun. We got to come in there. I mean, I, what, you said the magic words, brunch and Saturday. So I feel like mm-hmm. we got to come in there uh, too. I love coming up with stuff, but yeah, I definitely feel the like, sometimes it catches it like all of a sudden it's like Thursday and it's like, what are we doing? For what are we doing for brunch? Yeah. yeah, totally for sure. I'll, sometimes I feel really inspired. Um, I just got back from Hawaii. I went to Hawaii at the beginning of December and it was awesome. And uh, I got back and did a couple Hawaiian brunch specials. Um, so nice. I got a little burst of inspiration there. Yeah. Spam on everything. Yeah. Just there, there, yeah. There, <laughs> well, we have spam fried rice on the menu normally. So that kind of worked out for me. But I did a loco moco. Nice. And then I also had a mochi pancake mm. for the first time, which was What's super that? good. It's just like a normal pancake, but they substitute half of the normal flour with half glutinous rice flour, mm. which is just like starch bomb okay and it makes like the pancake like a mochi texture so it's like chewy but the outside gets super crispy nice and crisp yeah hey we could do that yeah i mean i could do that super easy super good (laughs) where is where is where is like gonna be delayed we'll just look at bluebeard and then like our menu is the same thing (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the way we do it there we go it's drafting (laughs) (laughs) can i ask you guys both a question this is a chef to chef question from thaddeus um Soma being closed, right? Like, does that, like, that's a big fancy restaurant that everybody wants to go eat at that costs what a thousand bucks a plate? I don't know how much. Are I you don't know. Talking about the fictional drug from Brave New World. <laughs> well, is, what's the restaurant called? Uh, Noma. The, Noma. Sorry, After, did I say Soma? <laughs> you could edit it that I said it right. <laughs> I could. Yeah, you didn't have to be. Okay, well. <laughs> All right. Uh, Noma, uh, <laughs> but like it's like a fancy restaurant that's pretty expensive. It's closing. Do you feel like, oh shoot, I wish I got to eat there? Or as a chef, do you feel like just show me the menu? I could recreate whatever they're making. You guys were bummed when Frosty the Snowman closed, right? Uh, nope. Let's give a bomb drop on that one. Big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've we kind of worn that button out today. Oh, uh, the, no drops. The drops are broken. The, the nose are broken, or oh. the the booze. Booze are broken? Nope. <laughs> no, man. Like, I wasn't... I mean, I'll, I'll let you answer first, but, like... Honestly, that style of, of restaurant has never really been my bag. I got mm. nothing against it. Um, so, I, this I think, whole meal you hated? Oh, no. I loved it. I had a great time. <laughs> okay, okay. No, it was great. It was excellent. <laughs> um, but it just, like... Uh, it, I don't know. I, I like to make sa- I like yeah. to make sandwiches. I don't know. That's just sort of the that. corner of food that I have carved out for myself. Um, but um, I think that it is sad because it is such like I mean the fermentation program is I mean huge whatever mm-hmm. I know that's helped a lot of people. Um, but um, I think more important is the problem that they're addressing with their closing. Mm. You know, like just the 
problems with the industry. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I was never going to. It's not like, oh, man, those are two more days and I was going to go there. I think, I think to me, I think being chefs from the Midwest, like, I mean, for me especially, it's just like there's an approachability, like, factor to food where I feel like when it becomes like there, there is like a, a break off point where I'm just like, this is. This is just you're be, you're being gimmicky, but in a serious way. Like we were very like we're very gimmicky and like a kitschy like wink wink. Look what we did. Wasn't that fun? We lit marshmallows but, on fire. Yeah, but it was yeah, like dude. we all knew we were having fun, right? Like yeah. like like if I had come in and been like, this is the serious like and like like not broke character. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's the, that's a different level. That's yeah. like what. It, well, it, I feel like it also it j- like transcends food. Like he was saying, it's not just about like don't eat the food, taste the food. Like, obviously, there's the concept of a tasting menu, but then, like, in the movie, for example, it's taken even further. It's, like, just as much food as it is an art installation, I think, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, I don't know. Sort of just transcends the food world a little Mm -hmm. bit. I never want to go out for a meal of any kind where I have to go have another meal afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like at at some point, it has to actually satiate me and satisfy me, you know? Like, when you're just doing concept for the sake of concept, that's that's when I check out. If that's the experience that you're going for, if you're paying for that, knowing that that's what you're you're trying to get out of it, absolutely. Mm -hmm. This is not my lane. Same. It's not my lane Same, exactly. So, like, somebody that's, like... (laughs) doing that like if i had a choice to spend three hundred dollars going to something like that or i had to take that three hundred dollars and just buy cheeseburgers yeah Yeah. eat at a really good or just eat at a really good restaurant that i was excited about i'm always going to take that you know that option i think it's a lot of fun to see some concepts and things like that i i enjoy going to like tastings and i like to see new i i like the art aspect of food but like on something like gnome i mean like the question of like would i miss that like i'm never going to afford to work there and that's one of the cruxes of being a restaurant person is that very few of us could afford to eat those kind of things like go travel there and do that and well, so yeah. i mean it just kind of like i feel like it's like yeah i mean that makes sense like it's only sustainable if people like us give our labor away mm. to make it possible for rich people to do. Yes. So there's a bit of that where it's yes. kind of like, eh, yeah. I don't really, it, I, I like art, but like, I'm not heartbroken that Noma closed. Right. You know? yeah. I mean, think about all the unpaid, like uh, people that do stages at restaurants of that quality. That is just like you said, it's just unpaid. Mm-hmm. just complete. So no one has any FOMA over Noma. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. Yay. Yeah. Yes, I needed that. I did. I did need that. He's back on the board, baby. He's back, back on, on the board. board. Thank you. Let's just pray real quick. <laughs> um, the other thing is, is like, I, I, I guess we can't make a like a, a noma for poor people in Indianapolis. <laughs> I mean, unless we like skipped on some. Well, I mean, I, like, I don't even know if the concepts would be compatible. You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna do a, a tasting plate of something for somebody who really needs to eat. At like Wheeler Mission, or <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> that's almost just cruel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now that you put it, that and some way. of the stuff, like some of the stuff that's like popular right now, like I've seen, uh, like kale gummies, like the idea of like making like that, like that, that to me is just so, but like. Just because you could do something doesn't mean you should. Yeah, it's, it's the Jurassic Park question. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so it's like those kind of things. I'm just like, no, man, I'm cool. Like I would love to go to. I mean, there's plenty of Michelin star restaurants that put out amazing quality food. You know, like they're they're. 
I don't know where my off ramp is between. I just think that like once you're doing stuff for the sake of doing it, and it, like kind of like the. I don't want to eat two dinners, you well, know. Well, and that's like when, and that's when I feel like the love goes out of it too. You know, like in the mm. movie, he talks about oh, the most important we all cook with love. The most important ingredient is love. But it's like he even admitted to like having not desired to cook for anyone for mm. a long time. And yeah. it's like when you, but then he cooks a burger and he gets really excited. And when you pigeonhole yourself into doing something just because it's the thing to do, you know, like. That's when you lose your love for it. And that's, you know, why you got to find your. I feel like in some ways this is a really dark ratatouille. <laughs> where, they, where they, you know, spark the uh, childhood memories of the. <laughs> there's. All, there's a... That's unfortunate. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Dude, you can probably write a thesis on the co- compare and contrast ratatouille in the menu. Uh, no, they're like, I don't know. There's. I lost my train of thought. That was such a. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think overall it was like a, it was a great time. Um, I would almost like to do this. Like this was the one I was like, oh, I wish we could repeat this for someone that wasn't here. So like you know where we could just I go never want to repeat that. <laughs> I really, just, just I really like what like, done. I think the most gimmicky thing I like is the idea that something gets made only once. Yeah, like this menu. I love that idea. Yeah, that, that, that existed for us and for. Nobody else, really. And, I mean, it is, and I guess it is a, a sort of, like, uh, exclusionary in a way because it only includes mm. five, six people. But, like, I, I don't know. That's my favorite kind of game. No, I honestly, I felt the same way when the dessert came out. I thought that, like, getting to sit there while you guys were, like, simultaneously, like, plating, going around, going around and then, like, throwing shit yeah. at the tape. Like, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, and I, was, I felt lucky to get to be there. So I feel that. Absolutely. Like, and I was like, did they, like, plan this like how they're going around and like slopping yeah, it down and they would like switch directions almost i was like I oh th- my word i think we both intense. knew how to act like we were being fancy shirts. <laughs> 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 i don't know if that's what dyke was doing but that's what i was doing yeah that's I was what i was doing i was playing an asshole <laughs> <laughs> you just take it after Dyke. I go, the way Dyke's doing, I'm going to try this. Oh, shoot. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. It's it's also interesting. Uh, like, I mean, I started doing uh, brunch at Black Acre about 10 years ago. And watching how much the food scene in Indianapolis has changed over the past 10 years. How much, I mean, obviously everything kind of starts on the coast and moves inwards. But, like, just watching how much people's tastes have changed in the past 10 to 15 years in Indianapolis has been amazing. Cause like I would try some things and it would just be like, Oh, that's like, I was in culinary school. So I was excited and it'd be like, I can, I served one thing for brunch and it was like, take it or leave it. And people would come in and it was like, Oh, they really like this. They really like this. And then you would try to take it up just a notch and it'd be like too much for, for Irvington's, you know, taste mm-hmm. or whatever. They'd be like, yeah, we're not eating roulades for breakfast, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. But now yeah. I feel like they were like in some of the stuff that I, you know, started putting on those menu, like you see them kind of everywhere now. And it's yeah. just like the the game got raised up, you know? Yeah. Well, like the internet helps with that a lot, obviously. Like I feel like so many times I'll just like see something on like Bon Appetit's Instagram or, you know, some random cook's Instagram. And it's just like, I don't know, you get inspo all over the place, you oh, get yeah. exposure all over the place. Um, that definitely helps open people's minds up a little bit too. Also, having like 
experienced education, like uh, educated uh, front of house, I feel mm. like makes a really big difference in that too. Because if you've got servers that like know how to sell sell your weird shit, you know, yeah. like yeah, that makes a big difference. How many years of experience do you like prefer? For what? Like what you said, like someone that has uh, years of experience in the front of the house. Oh, like oh. what's like a two year, three year? Oh, I have no idea. I don't work front of house. Oh, okay. I just like coming from like I just know how important front of house is sure, to back sure. of house. You know, like when they say like it's a team, like it. I know there's obviously a lot of division there, but it it is really important. And um, yeah, it just it, it makes people servers will sell your stuff differently. You know, and some uh, if you have something weird yeah. on the menu, it does make a difference how it's sold. So that's you know. I feel like I'd be great at selling shit. Like I just like that. I mean, be you fun. basically do that. That's basically you are the front of the house for Harder Brunch. Uh, Can I interrupt real quick? Yeah, with, with this beer. This beer is really good. Anytime someone says something emotional, uh, you can just put it up to your face and cover what's going on. It's the CV Champagne Velvet. Uh, anything else that I have to say about this? Did you lose confidence in the middle of the song? <laughs> I've never seen somebody bail out of an ad before. No. Uh, is that know, it? Are we done? No, this is uh, Upland beer. It's great. Thumbs Upland. Thumbs Upland. It went from an Upland ad to an Al-Qaeda video. <laughs> Upland is treating me very nicely. Can I go home? Can I go home and see my family? I'm scared. Um, no, Thumbs Upland. <laughs> Guys, if you guys uh, want a free Upland beer, just uh, tag this. How about a $50 gift certificate? Even better. Tell that me is. about this. Yeah, just uh, just tag us in Thumbs Upland. Tag uh, Harder Brunch and Upland Brewery and hashtag Thumbs Upland. This is real. So if someone does that, they put their thumb up, they don't even need a beer. I mean, it's a small contest, so if you do it, you probably will win. You just have to do it and send it to us. Okay. The odds are really good. If you send us a thumbs up. Yeah. Tag Upland. Hashtag thumbs up. And Harder Brunch. Yes. Why is your phone outside? And, I don't think you can do it. And a picture and a picture of your thumb up. <laughs> we'll, we'll be the first one. Yeah, we'll be the Let's first one. Let's do it live here. This thumb is up there. And this selfie's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Let's actually do a real selfie live on. Uh-oh. In five, four, three. My thumb's in there. <laughs> hey, we did it. Thumbs up, Lynn. All right. Um, yeah, you guys, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Thank you for letting me interrupt. That was great. It was great. I've never I've, I've never seen a, I've never seen an ad go smoother. <laughs> Is that true? No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen somebody lose confidence halfway through an ad. That'd be funny, like a Super Bowl commercial, <laughs> like halfway oh. through. Somebody's like, okay, "Are no. we done here?" Oh, no, no. <laughs> No, Thad, you have another 15 seconds. Uh, you know, I, I thought you were going to add a boy me, like, a, a do a good yes and with the, the whole thumbs up and thing. I was like, mm. no, if he's he's not coming in with it. <laughs> not coming in at all, actually. I'm more of a no but guy than a, than a yes, yes and. You heard it, ladies. <laughs> good God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can't shake your head and then laugh at the same time. Give me the damn applause button. It's <laughs> two for two, baby. <laughs> Give me my applause. No, I'm done. Uh, wait, so you said you, you just went to Hawaii? Mm-hmm. And uh, I love, yeah, I think there is something about travel. That's so, like, I mean, obviously we can travel with our phones, but I love 
leaving and going and eating everything else. It's always so funny to me when people are like afraid to like give you food and they're like, I don't want you to judge me because you're a chef. And I'm like, I'm a chef because I love food, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, like I love I'll eat other, anything. I'm yeah. a garbage disposal. I love when other people cook for me because I don't have to cook it, you know. And you're going to cook something different than I am. Mm-hmm. And that's possibly going to teach me or inspire me to do something different that I don't already do. Totally. Uh, so I, I love that. Which island did you go to? Oahu. Nice. Yeah. We uh, rented a car and we made friends with a couple of the bartenders in the area that we were staying in. And they told us like where we should go. Yeah. The so, real places. Yeah. So we found this really cool um, shrimp truck that was up on the north side of the island. Um, it was like parked on a shrimp farm. So we had some like crazy fresh shrimp. Ooh. It was balling. And then I got some poke right off the beach, which was so badass. What? Um, they made it for you on the beach? Like right, yeah, it was like at, in a truck, like right there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. We, I mean, we just got to eat really fresh, delicious seafood and hang out. Everybody was so nice. It was really cool. And then you come back and you're like, let's put this stuff on the menu. Yeah. I love it. That's yeah. great. Where's the next vacation? Oh, shoot. I don't know. I kind of want to just go back to Hawaii and <laughs> not come back to Indiana. My, fa- my favorite place, in, I think, is New Orleans. Nice. I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I've done that a lot. I think we have a we're kind of tentatively have plans for the three of us to go down there. About quarterly, I think we do a New Orleans, like, like the New Orleans menu comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to stop myself from cooking it every week. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, New Orleans is awesome. Where's your, what are your places in town that aren't Bluebeard that, like, when you go out, when you have a night off <laughs> and you get to go out and be treated, where, where's, where's your, what's your jam? Oh, no. Very curious. Um, so, I'm a homebody. I door dash a lot. I'm not going to lie. I eat a lot of acai bowls from that smoothie place in the garage. They're okay. very good. Yeah. And they're relatively healthy. Yeah. I think. Um, so, I do that, honestly. But if I do go out. I always go get some gyoza at Strange Bird before I go anywhere because oh, yeah. I live very near there. It's yeah, a good yeah. place to start the evening. Strange Bird. And they have the best gyoza. Um, and then I really like Iozo's for pasta. I used to go when Alan was there mm-hmm. all the time. So fire. Uh, shout out to that guy. <laughs> what, Alan? He's, oh, Alan. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> Chef Alan Sternberg, friend of the show? Yeah. Oh, him. Yeah. Same guy. No, he's he's very talented. I just want to. Oh, yeah, for sure. Anytime I get to say like shout out to this dude, this guy makes some of the best pastas I've ever had. Dude, there was this one dish he had on the menu for a while there that was I loved it so much because it was so simple. It was literally just like burrata filled ravioli, butter sauce, and pink peppercorns. Mm. Like, yeah. and it was so fire. So yeah, he he made a pasta one time for us. Like we were doing a harder brunch. And his pasta, like, buried everybody's food for the rest of the meal. Because everybody's, like, like ate so much of the pasta. Sorry. Sorry, y'all. Everybody <laughs> ate so much of the pasta. I wasn't here that day. Uh, <laughs> might have been, though. Might have been. And, like, it's like, how do you go from eating, like, a spicy, delicious mix that you've never had in, in before in your life that kind of changed your life a little bit? kind of made you tear up to something that was bland was that the one that you called too spicy and or too salty in a good way 
Yeah, because someone I else I remember was, that. Everything else after that tasted bland. Sure. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, like this guy you, can't go you first. You ruined my palate for any other food. Yeah, I was like, don't let him go first in the, any of our courses at all. I'm done. Screw, <laughs> screw that guy, actually. Actually, I don't even like him anymore. Full circle. Half circle. Show well, off. Randy, thank you very much for being on the program today. Uh, do you do social media? Do you like people to follow you and keep up with everything you're doing, uh, or do you just want to put Bluebeards? Oh, uh, sure. I mean, you can find me on Bluebeards thing. They post about my brunch specials every Saturday, so Thanks. if you're interested in following me, you can find me through Bluebeard for sure. Awesome. Uh, that is Jay. You know, you can find me at Thad McKee Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you are just sitting around with your Twitter, like, wait, what am I doing? Like, do I still have this? Uh, follow at Thad McKee and Harder Brunch. Zach Rome. You can find me at Zach underscore Roan on all social media. Uh, and our video producer, Casey Campbell. Hey there. Yep. You can usually find me around Black Circle, making people feel comfortable. In illegal ways. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds all above board. At <laughs> uh, Dyke Michaels on all social media. Also, if you're a big a fan of coffee as I am. Oh, my gosh. And you want to drink the tinker coffee that we're always drinking here on the heart of brunch program you can actually drink it at your house with a coffee subscription they'll bring it right to your house and if you use promo code brunch you get 25 percent off that's crazy isn't it yeah and if you pay them enough they'll come inside your house oh that's you know let's stop. maybe workshop that yeah. one let's let's <laughs> well i didn't think about how bad sound I didn't think, sorry, Tinker. I did not think yeah. about how that sounds. We're gonna we're gonna work on our ads, and uh, we're gonna take it back to the drawing board. And we'll see you next time Woo. on the Harder Brunch Show. Bye bye. <laughs>